Hey everybody, welcome back to the Podcast Daily. It is Tuesday, and that is Bill Landis, and I am Austin Ward. And guess what? We're not done talking about Kevin Warren. What? Uh, I thought I was I was pretty certain we were, but uh turns out we're not. I mean, this story, Bill, all I can think of is that it's bonkers. It's weird. I have I have a, a few different trains of thought uh, on the story. I guess we should say what story we're talking about. <laughs> From Pete <laughs> Pete Thamel of ESPN on Sunday reported that like the Big Ten media deal is not all the way done, and like Kevin Warren kind of left them left them hanging and uh, left out some finer points of the deal that are going to cost mm. the Big Ten uh, a little bit of scratch here as they try to get it finalized. Uh, and maybe I don't know what the I guess I guess I'll ask you like. What was the most surprising thing you saw in there? I guess aside from the entirety of the thing being surprising, <laughs> what was the one thing in there that we were like, oh boy, that's not good? Yeah, I felt like every new paragraph brought uh, eye-opening information. It's an, like If you haven't read the story, it's pretty important, not just because it's crazy and Kevin Warren's been something of a punchline, and if you want to uh, pile on one last time as he leaves behind this a little bit of a mess, at least financially. Um, short-term pain, maybe for long-term gain, we could even say, in the best-case scenario for him. But it's the details in here are imp- important for also understanding the way that the broadcast partners and the kickoff times are going to be structured moving forward. So a week ago, when we were just talking about playing November night games and this is the new reality, there wasn't an understanding of Ohio State had not changed its tolerance or willingness necessarily to play them against a team like Michigan State in mid-November, but it was volunteering to do so in this instance because the league was staring down a $70 million fine, right? Or not fine, a payment uh, to make up for what had gone unnoticed or untalked about or unbothered by in Kevin Warren with his and the league's negotiations with NBC, CBS, and with uh, big brother Fox overlooking all of that kind of you say there's lots of trains of thought there are I there's so many weird things that are in this but I the first thing that jumped out to me was because we had talked so much about Ohio State Michigan State in primetime in November was the fact that Ohio State was not suddenly jumping at the opportunity to play these games but that was basically compelled to do so for the benefit of the rest of the league and Ohio State's done that before, right? They they have made concessions, I guess, against its own desires to help out the the league, and and whether you like it or not, probably has to do that sometimes. I think because of 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 the flag that it carries for the Big Ten. Now, I guess the idea is that USC in particular can help can help bear some of that burden moving forward. But um, I guess it does. I was thankful, I suppose, to to understand a little more about how that came to be because I was surprised by it. Penn State is doing the same. Penn State's playing, uh, is it also Michigan State, on Black yes. Friday, yes. Uh, which was not previously announced, so they're kind of doing the same thing. So Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, so somehow NBC did not know that the, the Big Ten didn't want to play night games in November, and Kevin Warren either knew it and chose to ignore it or also didn't know it. Like we knew that, so I, that, that that's the part of me that was a little confused. I was like, how did it get to that point? Because it was like fairly well known. I thought that the Big Ten did not do this, which is why it was such a shock to see them pop up all of a sudden on on the calendar for for next year. So 
that part was strange to me. But yeah, it is like the Ohio State portion of this is like the Buckeyes are playing ball with the Big Ten to help them get this deal with NBC across the finish line because it was sort of botched from the start by Kevin Warren and the Big Ten does not want to lose even more money on top of the $40 million that it's going to have to pay apparently because Kevin Warren gave the Big Ten title game to NBC without asking anybody if he could do that first. Uh, And then also some additional millions uh, dating back to the loss of revenue from the 2020 season. I I think giving away the Big Ten title game is up there with the most like incompetent part of this, I think. Yeah. Because there's other other things like, all right, we've finished 95% of this deal. Here's what the amount's gonna be. Here's the broadcast windows that you're gonna do. Like that doesn't, you know, you can announce some of that before these long form contracts are completed. Like you, you want to celebrate and you don't think that there's gonna be any hangups on that part. Uh, although there are for the Big Ten's case, because it's not just if it's cold for at 7.30. I want to, somebody mentioned this the other day. So what? what's the big deal? If it's November, it's going to be just as cold when you kick off at noon as it is at 7.30. The resistance for Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, Wisconsin is not necessarily that it's too cold for the players. It's that those games are ending at midnight and you have to have red coats and police and traffic and everything else with potentially dangerous weather at that time at midnight, as opposed to more manageable from four to six. So when the, when we talk about these logistics for November, it is not, these tolerances are not just about can a player go play at seven 30 on a Saturday night in November? Yes, they can. But the logistics of putting on the game are what become far more complicated as the weather gets worse. Yes. NFL teams do it all the time. Uh, Yes, you could winterize Ohio Stadium. Yes, you they'll be able to probably pull this game off, and maybe there won't be any hitches at all against Michigan State. But w- that's why this is all built into that deal. So it is staggering that they didn't think that that last 5% of the long-form deal or whatever percentage you want to put on it, that there were going to be no hang-ups because if they didn't even know what they were agreeing to, which it says in Pete Thamel's story that the athletic directors were not consulted on this part, that's a huge problem. And I don't think it's going to cause the deal to be scrapped, but it is difficult to complete it at this point. Uh, yeah, there, I think there's far too much money at stake for it not to be completed. It'll probably look a, a little different. Um, so, like, to, like to, to get into some of the the bullet points, I guess the, the sub bullet points of of what Pete reported. Like, I think the thing that maybe resonates most with me is like the stunning lack of communication um which i think was uh i mean we we kind of figured it was operating that way for a couple years based off how 2020 went but uh this was a little more i think maybe even um clear for me made more clear for me with pete's reporting that like to, to to orchestrate something this large this important this lucrative um, with seemingly without keeping like key stakeholders in the loop a- along the way is is a little odd to me and that's not even to say that football coaches especially like if they want to be kept in the loop that's fine i don't i don't really think they should have a seat at the table when actually making decisions like they're not tv executives that's not what they do Mm -hmm. ryan day doesn't ask gene smith and kevin warren what he should run on third down like it's that's not (laughs) like why that that part bothered me a little bit like with tom izzo saying like oh we were never consulted on this like you're a basketball coach (laughs) you don't don't need to be consulted on it just play (laughs) when they tell you to play um and the same thing for football coaches but like athletic directors, is, I think it's a different thing. Like their their job title is different, and and if they're not involved in those decisions or 
or told about them after the fact that that's obviously not okay. Um, I don't know. I don't come away from it thinking like this is ultimately all that damaging to the big 10 with like, because you think about the dollar amounts, like let's say it's 40 million for the big 10 title game. It's 25 million for the stuff from 2020. And there was a reference to like other tens of millions of dollars. Like you're still talking about like 1% of a $7 billion TV contract. I think they will be okay. Um, but I think it speaks to the larger issue that like the Big Ten as a whole probably needs to be in better lockstep than it has been over the last few years when it's making these large decisions. I think you're forgetting that Tom Izzo is the athletic director and president at Michigan State. That is true. His situation is unique. <laughs> I'm trying he, to think of that. Does that dynamic exist anywhere else in the Big Ten? Because even like at Ohio State, for as big and powerful as Ohio State football is, like it's, it still feels like it's Gene Smith's show. It does not feel that way at Michigan State. <laughs> His name is now on the football <laughs> practice building. <laughs> yeah. What in the world? The only other one that is like that is where Kirk Ferentz has more power than Gary Barda at Iowa. Oh, yeah. He has more power than God in Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> so those two guys obviously had to be consulted and clearly were not. It is interesting from the Ohio State side. They're going to be the ones almost always most in impacted here they are the most influential school in the league that both chris holtman and ryan day were quoted in the story mm-hmm. by pete thamel um and not in the most glowing terms for different reasons like i don't think that ryan day particularly cares that much if you have to play november night games although it is an inconvenience if you say that you don't want to do so because of the benefit or because of the things that i outlined for your yeah. university as a whole chris holtman's and point of view and tom Izzo's was that all these games are going to be on streaming, which we did know. Like that was part of the uh, the grand unveiling. Whatever it's going to be, fifty to seventy games are going to be on the cock, and that's. I mean that that part wasn't a surprise. Yeah, it's not great. I don't think people want that, but that's the part that basketball teams are upset about. Yeah, I guess my I, I don't know. I, at the risk of sounding uninformed about the viewing habits of college basketball fans, um, I don't know that that matters all that much because um, I think the important games when people are paying attention are still going to be like on CBS on the weekend afternoons. So what else are you worried about? And, and also too, like I don't are you worried about visibility? If you're worried about visibility with recruits, like that is the age group that it's normal to be watching things on Peacock and Amazon and Hulu and all those things. Like they don't, it, it'd be more strange for them. I think they have to go try to find that on terrestrial networks every week. <laughs> so um, I, I don't understand that gripe other than like, as I said before, like if you want, if you want to be kept in the loop of what's happening so that you're not blindsided by things, I totally understand that. Um, it's not always the way it works. Like we, I know, I'm sure you and I have both worked at places where things have happened above us and then we don't know about them until after they've been decided. And you're just like, what the hell was that? Like when, when was, when, when did you decide to do this and why is it happening? Um, so if as much as you can avoid that, I think it's important, but, uh, I don't need Tom Izzo at the table telling me what time his Spartans need to be playing ball games and on what networks. Like that's not that's out of his purview, in my opinion. Yeah, um, Bob Iger didn't like round up the hundred reporters <laughs> at ESPN that were laid off without warning and be like, "Yeah, you know what? We could keep all of you, or we could keep one Stephen A. Smith." And we would have been like, "Yeah, it's a hundred votes to one. Keep us." I, yeah, we weren't allowed to have a, a say in that because ESPN like Fox and Amazon and ABC and or ABC. Sorry, they're part of this already. Um, but 
you know, Big Ten Network. They made those decisions for billions of dollars. So our, our opinions didn't matter and we weren't going to be able to change it. The same is true for even very powerful football coaches and basketball coaches when it comes to seven billion dollars. What what kind of position? Like I don't, I've I've had no interaction with Tony Petiti, the new Big Ten Big uh, Big Ten commissioner. Um, I don't. You didn't anticipate. go. You didn't jump on a Friday night press conference. I Chicago? sure didn't. Oh, no, wow. I sure didn't. You know why? Because no one cares. Uh, <laughs> but I I don't really know much about him, but. That he is left to, and like this is a this is a mess. Like the extent to which it's a mess, I think has been maybe a little overstated, but it is a mess nonetheless. Um, what kind of position do you think this puts him in as he tries to like piece this together, get this across the finish line, but then also reestablish some trust? I think from the commissioner's office down through the the AD and the coaching ranks. In some ways, it kind of makes um, more sense why he was targeted and hired. Because that, this is a concern. The amount of money is Im- almost imperative for the future of the Big Ten mm-hmm. uh, and the way that they're trying to build uh, the league moving forward and sustain it. So you'd think, well, why do you need someone with television exec backgrounds to come be the athletic director for your league? That is sort of the trendy new thing, especially if the Big Ten was already done uh, by Kevin Warren. Like, why do you need that? Who's gonna? This is somebody who can potentially bridge all of that gap and I think that maybe makes him a better fit in hindsight than I would have thought the day that he was announced. Maybe he can patch some of this up, and it's going to continue to be part of his job basically forever because of the other major detail in the story that many of us did not know or had not reported previously, which was that the Big Ten Network owns everyone's television rights. (laughs) Yeah. Seemingly <laughs> forever. I don't. <laughs> that was yeah. It was like uh, they own it until uh, to an undisclosed date, but it is at least the end of this new TV deal. So yeah, in perpetuity is how I took it. Yeah, till the last living descendant of King Henry the Eighth dies. <laughs> um, yeah, that. So that becomes a key part of every conversation because the Big Ten Network, and then by extension Fox, is involved in every decision related to broadcasting any Big Ten sport. That is insane to me, mm-hmm. and I can't imagine is fun for NBC or CBS. That's also why the game is probably never going to be anything other than Big Noon kickoff or every other Ohio State-Penn State game like because they control the purse strings as well. Fox does. Yeah, that was that was my biggest takeaway from that. It was like obviously like F- Fox has like the most important seat at the table. I think we all just like assume that. Uh we didn't know they owned the table. <laughs> so, uh, so uh that that is yeah, if if there's ever any doubt about like which of uh, what channel is this big game gonna be on, like it's on it's Fox, it's on Fox. <laughs> Unless they're feeling incredibly generous. Uh I think every game of importance in the Big Ten. Uh, is going to be on Fox, I guess, with the exception of the Big Ten title game that Kevin Warren gave away that he wasn't allowed to. Yeah, and so then they've got to bring in the peacemaker Petiti to be like, uh, who's going to go tell our actual bosses that they <laughs> that this was given away? Like, how did that happen? Kevin Warren obviously knew that Fox and the Big Ten Network owned all the inventory. He just thought they'd be okay giving it away, one of their marquee games of the season. 
maybe he thought like clearly there are people who think that Kevin Warren is a good businessman because he is leaving the big 10, uh, to go position himself to be Roger Goodell's successor, I guess. Um, good luck. Yeah. But I I, I guess like, is the thought process, I'm just going to do this. And by the time people figure it out, it's going to be too late. And if this was a concession that needs to be made to get the $7 billion deal across the finish line, then everyone will just deal with it. Um, on, if that was the rationale, then on some level, I guess I respect the ruthlessness of it. Um, but it mostly just kind of feels like ineptitude. <laughs> so I, I don't, I don't know uh, how that came to be. Um, I think they'll, they'll figure it out. Cause as you said, like this, this feels like a minor concession for a much larger gain for everybody involved. Um, and if I guess in the process, they can talk to Pete Thamel and kick Kevin Warren the butt on his way out the door. Uh, cause there's a lot of people, I think at the big 10 that, that aren't particularly fond of him, um, then, then all the better, but, and it also helps Tony Petiti too. Like if things get a little wonky, like he can, he now has a reason to say like, Hey, this is why it happened. So, um, it's weird. It's very odd. Um, I don't, I don't think it is like a bombshell, but it's, it's strange. The only reason I think that it's maybe more bombshellish than mm. <laughs> that's definitely a word don't look it up <laughs> is that if you're trying to solve this dilemma now of nbc needing games in november at 7 30 and big 10 traditional big 10 teams are not going to host them well that means usc and ucla have to have a maybe an extra amount of home games so that you can fill that on the west coast where you don't have this issue yeah but you can't have them exclusively playing at home in November. So in some ways, this makes me think that we are closer to Oregon, Washington expansion than, oh. you know, kicking it down the road because now they suddenly have a different problem that they maybe didn't anticipate that they could solve in a way that they were already considering. That's interesting. I had not considered that, but I think, <clears throat> I think maybe you're right. I think we all kind of, think it's going to end up there anyway eventually um it felt less imminent like i don't know two days ago <laughs> but <laughs> but uh maybe maybe this uh adds a little fuel to that potentially i had not i had not considered it but you're because like if you're not gonna if the options are like ohio state and michigan and penn state are are only going to play ball so much and not want to do this all the time and like i'm sure that I don't know. Maybe Purdue would love a primetime slot in November, but I don't think NBC would love to just keep throwing Purdue out there in primetime in November. So the solution then is probably to get a little more West coast with your footprint so that you can account for that. Yeah. Seems like that's where we're headed, but it's, it's nice that we get one more gift from Kevin Warren. Just when we thought we were never going to have to talk about that era again, and that maybe it's ending on a high note. The money's coming in. USC and UCLA are on the way, although USC's athletic director is also on the way out. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a fun bit of turmoil as well to (laughs) add to this beautiful package that that keeps growing even beyond. You get this. And it's maybe maybe it isn't a big deal. You might be right about that because it's probably safe to assume that with this this much money at stake, everyone will eventually sing kumbaya and shake hands and move forward. Like that's probably correct, but there are things that have that will influence and impact the viewing experience and the stadium experience for fans, and they may not like it. They may not. I don't know. I won't speak for them, but it's going to yeah. be difficult for people to work that out. I think it will be. There will be changes, no doubt. Um, 
I think the I think sports fans like it, over time have shown themselves fairly adaptable to those kind of things. Like their college football is not the only league to make significant changes like this. Um, so I think it'll be weird at the start. And, and I also too like <clears throat> Kevin Wilson's or Kevin Wilson, Kevin Warren, uh, Kevin Warren's tenure as big Ten commissioner uh, is complicated. And this complicates it even more so, but like he still helped them get USC and UCLA and he still got them. albeit in a very clunky way. Uh, uh, a, a incredibly lucrative television contract that is going to, uh, I think, then fold into another incredibly lucrative big uh, television contract when this one expires. So um, the results, I think, will be good. The process maybe was not was not the best. Hmm. The Kevin Warren experience. That's right. <laughs> In a nutshell. All right. Uh, I promise we'll get back to more football definitely uh, tomorrow. Bill's got a couple. Um, stories already on the offensive line interior and at tackle so we'll we'll break those up and dive into those over the next couple days on the podcast daily uh, to get back into some actual offseason football talk but the story was bonkers as i said and i thought that we needed to at least dive into that a little bit more it does help provide some context for what ohio state is willing to do to help the big 10 uh, and itself of course because it's part of that and needs that money as well or wants it however you want to put it either way uh, appreciate you joining us on the podcast daily for your Tuesday. Uh, we will be back again tomorrow to talk about some linemen. It'll be a holiday for Bill the next couple of days. Uh, for Bill, I'm Austin. Thanks again for joining us. We'll talk to you later.